The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. And hello, everybody, and welcome once again to The Open Door. This is the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Yep. Hi, Terry. Hi, Tom. You know, I think it's um, safe to say that there's always a serious side to any of the shows that we put on. But occasionally we talk about Fun Way or our Ascended Master Humor, the Twinkle of Mirth. But there's no light side to the topic you'd like to explore today. And that is suicide. And to help us explore this topic, we've invited Reverends Peter and Narely Duffy to join us. Hello. Hi there. Hi, Tom. And uh, incidentally, Narely has co-authored a book on the subject of uh, overcoming the allure, the seduction of suicide, called Wanting to Live. And uh, later on in today's show, we'll let you know how you can get a copy of that book. Uh, but for now, let's kind of start with, uh, we'll paint the landscape. You know, what is the, the, the magnitude, the dimension of this issue? Um, in fact, I think I wrote in my notes, epidemic of um, suicide. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is an epidemic, um, Tom, and, and it's on the rise. It's the 10th leading cause of death uh, in the U.S. for all ages. I wrote this book in 2004, and there was one death by suicide every 18 minutes, mm. and now it's one death by suicide in the U.S. every 12 minutes. Oh, my. So it has increased, and it takes the lives of uh, many of our beautiful people every year, um, and not just people... You know, losing their lives, but there's actually a, a huge number of people who actually survive a suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. So it's a very big subject out there. I, I think we're seeing it in the news. We're seeing it with um, movie stars, you know, rock stars, uh, people that are icon sports stars, mm-hmm. all kinds of people just suddenly at 20, 30, or 40, uh, you know, they've passed on and they've committed suicide or, or their lifestyle has been so destructive that you could call it a, a kind of a slow suicide. It's, it's ended, you know, in the same way. So, you know, I'd pardon interrupting you, but I remember a um, personal growth seminar that I attended some years ago, in fact, I think this is late 80s, um, one of the children, a teenager of one of the participants had committed suicide during this five-day program we were mm. in. And one of the moderators of the program basically looked out at 110 people and said, now, how many of you oh. know somebody, I mean, they said no or related to somebody who's committed suicide, almost every hand went up. Yeah, it's something that really affects oh. really everybody. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that until you saw that kind of um, response, the dimension of this, the magnitude of it is is something that flies under the radar, but it can't anymore. No, it can't. And and, it, and the part of it is, is what's actually happening uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically 
on our world, in our planet, in our nations, in our communities. And it's a very complex subject. And yes, there's depression and yes, there's substance abuse. But there's, I think we're going to explore that there's a whole other spiritual side oh my that's gosh, yes. very active and it's not good. And yet that's really where the answers are. I think, you know, almost everyone at some time in their life has actually even thought of committing suicide, been tempted to do so, had that fleeting thought go through and like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Um but understanding what happens to the soul uh, after the suicide, and we're going to get into this, I think, is actually a game changer. And I know people that have read my book and said, okay, you know, yeah, I was suicidal, and yeah, I got treatment and help, but now that I've read and I understand spiritually what's going on, it's just off the table for me now. No matter how bad things get, that is just not an option because they know what's, you know, what's going to happen. It, it's a great seducer, and mm-hmm. it sounds like it's just going to solve everything and everything's going to be great after this. You're just going to get yeah. relief and surcease and it's just the opposite. It just doesn't happen that way. Well, the show today was is titled The Fight for Your mm. Light mm. and Your Life with the obvious correlation there between the light that we have within us and the um, challenge to hold on to that light. Yeah. So, and of course, we talk about that in this show often. You know, who's at... at fault here mm. I mean not at fault Who, who's a responsible party it's the fallen angels mm-hmm. it's the uh, the dark forces those that have no light of their own mm. so they steal yours ours they try to mm. and suicide is one of those ways they can do that yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually their ultimate yeah. way isn't it yeah it's it's a very aggressive suggestion out there mm. to, to commit suicide and, and people get kind of seized by this concept you know that just that pounds away from the forces on mm. the astral plane <laughs> And that's that's really what's happening behind suicide a lot of the time. You know, later in today's show, perhaps the last segment, we'll talk about what you can do to help to prevent and protect. Because um, this is not something that you should take lightly. It's not something that just because you might decide, oh, I'm not I'm not a victim here. I'm not likely to be affected by this. As you just said, they're working on us all the time. Mm-hmm. And the more light we carry, the, mm-hmm. the higher the degree of the prize that they... You know, and there's can, definitely can spiritual call. tools that can help you, yeah. help you in those situations. And you can use to help other people also. Well, you know, we talk about life, capital L, as a gift. Mm. It's a gift from God. And that gift is a prize. Again, you know, we just said it a moment ago. It's something that is lusted after by those who would seek to deprive us of it. Um, in terms of how the, I don't want to say the methodology of suicide, but in terms of the thought form, in your book, and I heard others say this too. There is a kind of seductive allure. There's something about it that seems almost um, trivial, uh, a light. I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know quite how to put it, but I noticed that when I'm reading about these various people who have taken their lives, it's almost cavalier in some respects. Hmm. You, well, you, that's you like, like the song from Mesh, Suicide yeah. is Painless, yeah. you know? That, it, that, that was kind of, you know, pumped out into the mass consciousness all <laughs> for, years through, and years. Through, for years and years. And, and uh, that's, that's the message. You just, uh, you know, kill yourself and all your problems will be gone. You'll go to a better place. Well, have we romanticized death? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And, and, you know, there's a chapter in my book called um, Sweet Death. You might also say Slow Death. It's very subtle. And it promises, um, it, it, it's, it pulls you in, it's seductive. Mm-hmm. It promises release, 
and it promises that your problems will be over, but it doesn't deliver. It's very insidious, and it's often very gradual. And these forces of darkness will work on you for years uh, to get you to do this final act. Like maybe final through, act. through addiction? Yeah, through addiction, through yeah. uh, all kinds of means. And it's part of actually our lifestyle. You know, you didn't get this 40, 50 years ago. There wasn't the huge suicide rates. You know, suicide was not as common as it is now. And... I think the message is, you know, your lives don't really count and you don't really count. And that's really not true because the suicide affects you and your life plan and affects those around you profoundly. And people that have had these near-death experiences, they go to the other side and the ones that survived came back and said, oh my God, I saw what it did to my family. It's devastating. And it's devastating to me because I didn't get to finish my life plan. And And the point is the opposite. You know, you have a special place in God's heart and in his plans. You have a divine plan. You have a mission. And if you don't do it, Mm -hmm. it affects you and your soul evolution and affects everybody around you. And the bottom line is, the truth of it all is, we exit and we enter life uh, on God's timetable. It's not ours. And we can't take that and and demand that we, you know, be in charge of that. And just, you know, okay, things get and so we check out yeah and and that's kind of the message things are getting tough so just check out and it'll be easy but it actually isn't um, I understand that one of the largest segments of the population that is prone to suicide is the teenage yeah. years the ones who are emotionally undeveloped perhaps or at least not fully emotionally developed and don't have the cerebral capacity necessarily to make you know rational decisions so they tend to be emotionally driven and they can be um, affected by others who do the same, right? That one yeah. suicide can become a ripple effect. Well, suicide clusters is really a, a known phenomenon. You, you know, mm-hmm. when you have suicides, they often go in clusters. Uh, experts actually talk about it almost uh, like a contagious disease. Uh-huh. There's one very interesting uh, case. Did, did you want to? Yeah, why don't we just share sure. that? This, this yeah. is from your book. Yeah. Sorry, from your book. Um, yeah, Peter's right. The psychologists and experts tell you that suicide is actually contagious and it's a well-known phenomenon and they've been recording it as far back as ancient Greece. And sometimes these clusters occur in families and communities and people have studied this. And there's a really interesting case on the Wind River Indian Reservation in Wyoming in 1985 between August and September. They just had a huge number of suicides and all, the, all ages? No, they were, they were teens, 14 to 17, yeah. about uh, 9 to 12 of them. And the experts said it's almost like there's something contagious that we don't understand. I've never seen this kind of epidemic before. And the victims were best friends. They were drinking buddies. They were pallbearers at each other's funerals. Mm. And it was almost like they caught something <clears throat> and it spread. And um, these things are, you know, these epidemics are, are kind of well known. They, they do exist out there. And at a spiritual level, we understand that because energetically, you know, there, there's a form of darkness, a demon, an entity, whatever you want to call it, and it will act and uh, impose itself on the person who is potentially suicidal. And when that person is, you know, commits suicide, they take the light from that person that's right. released when they die, and they use that light because they don't have any of their own to go and affect other other people. In this case, it was youth. So counseling and intervention was really important, but there was a spiritual solution to this situation. And in response to the Wind River 
suicide cluster, a task force of agencies stepped in. They provided counseling and support for the teens and their families. But the Arapaho tribal elders held a sacred ritual that they hadn't used since 1918 when they used it to ward off an outbreak of the Spanish flu. So hundreds of the community's youth stood in line. They received a spiritual cleansing performed by a tribal elder. Mm -hmm. And following the ceremony, no more suicides. Mm. No more suicides at all. It just totally arrested it. So the forces of darkness that are acting, and and we have to say they're extremely active right now, are no match for the angels and the masters of light, but you have to invite them in. The tribal elders invited them in, and it worked. And there's many spiritual techniques. You don't have to be an American Indian, you know, to pray or to appeal to Archangel Michael or to do certain rituals. There's things that any one of us can do, and we, we need to start doing them on a routine basis. And we need to know that these things are very powerful and they really work. And not just for ourselves, but for others. I know that yeah. we were talking before the show about some other kind of cluster activity, you know, terrorism being perhaps one where the uh, suicide culture is so honored. And um, I mean, I don't know, I, I think the, the veterans coming back from the Middle East, I think there are 12, if I remember this correctly, 12 suicides per day. Yes. Yeah, uh, very high suicide rate. Right. Yeah. Would that be, that's like a cluster in a way. I mean, these are brothers and sisters in arms who are perhaps emulating to get rid of the pain of uh, of what they've seen. Well, they're very definitely targeted. Yeah, and they uh, they don't have the the support structure or the skills or the understanding or the the spiritual tools Mm. to be able to deal with. Uh, you know, the traumatic situations they've been through and the pressures they're under now. Yeah. You know, one of the things we're going to be listening to in just a few minutes after a break is a lecture excerpt that um, Elizabeth Clare Prophet did on the subject of the dweller on the threshold. Mm-hmm. We've kind of been alluding to the dweller. This is a confrontation that we're all going to face at some point. And if we're not prepared for that, that, that dweller, that conglomeration of all our, you know, our negativity has the power to perhaps push us in that direction as well with suicide. So. Yeah. I just, I'm, you know, just want to kind of tease that right. because as we, when we come back from our break, we'll listen to about an eight-minute right. lecture excerpt about that. It's fascinating to me that that's not a topic, that's not a subject that you learn anywhere. Yeah. Except perhaps during this, you know, in the Ascended Master teachings. And it's unfortunate that there's, because that would arm you, I think, with some degree of, uh, well, it'd be a spiritual armament for sure. And as we do decrees often, you know, we know that they're effective. Like yeah. these these people did with the Arapaho. Yeah, yeah, even a simple prayer, Archangel Michael, help me. Uh-huh. You know, just a simple call in the name of the Christ, beloved Archangel Michael, protect me and protect my family from suicide and the suicide entities and the forces of darkness that will take the light of my children. Protect them and seal them according to God's holy will. I'm in. 30 seconds, 20 30 seconds. 30 seconds. You yeah. know? And, and there's little prayers, you know, that we have in this book and the mantras that you can use. Um, I hope we're going to get into the warning signs too because oh, they're subtle and they're also obvious. Yep. But, you know, people have said, I, I didn't see this coming. Yeah. But actually the signs are there. Well, let's take a short break and uh, we'll come back. We'll listen to that excerpt on the Dweller mm. on the Threshold and then we'll have about four or five minutes after that. We can go there. Mm, okay. So let's just kind of make a note, keep that in mind. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the Dweller and also keeping ourselves prepared and protected. Mm-hmm. So please stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. 
At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to The Open Door. Brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. We are back. Thank you for staying with us. Today, we are talking about the fight for your light and your life, which is code for suicide right now. And we're joined today by Reverends Narrowly and Peter Duffy. And talking about this from various different angles. And at the moment, we're going to listen to an excerpt from an, a lecture on the Dweller on the Threshold from Elizabeth Clare Prophet. And when that's done, we'll talk a bit about some of the warning signs, just kind of what to look for in people in general and, and perhaps if you know somebody who's specifically troubled. So without any further ado, let's listen to this excerpt first, and then we come back and now talk a bit about the, the warning signs. No untimely deaths and terminal diseases. Short of the normal lifespan on the planet, three score and ten plus, are all, one and all, the result of the fact that the individual has not banged the fires of the resurrection unto the day of the encounter with the cosmic Christ and with his dweller on the threshold. He cannot handle the meeting with the cosmic Christ. He cannot handle the meeting with his dweller. This is why you are at Summit University. You would not feel impelled to be here if you did not already know at inner levels that slowly but surely in time and space you're moving toward that point of the crosshairs 
where you will stand and have that encounter in this life. I want you to remember that that is why you are here. I was speaking to someone who recently faced a tragedy of her husband's suicide. And as she was talking her way through this burden with me, as, and as I had been with her by telephone the night that this happened, she was saying to me, you know, on our wedding day, we were both weeping and crying throughout the wedding ceremony, and we did not know why. And she had replayed the tape of it. And I said, it is because your souls knew the end from the beginning. And you knew that you would have this encounter and have to meet this force returned of this suicide entity. What happened since their wedding is that they found the teaching, went very in a very dedicated way on the path. He was addicted to marijuana, could not shake the habit, had smoked marijuana for over 15 years. On top of that, added cocaine to it. On top of that, met the dweller on the threshold in, in the person of a very dark person. And would not, because of his own momentums of rebellion, uh, being his, his out-of-alignment state, and could not defeat the force of this overwhelming marijuana entity and suicide entity, all things left over from uh, another lifetime. So when he came to that point where he had to slay that because he had not been, he had not entered into the white fire core, but strayed and gone out of the way into a liaison and an alliance with darkness in which he squandered and had taken from him all of his light. He came to the encounter of his own dweller and the false hierarchy amplified in him his own dweller in the suicide entity. And so she is now grappling with this whole equation of what happened, and that is truly what happened. So this individual uh, has not, never been to the ranch, never attended a conference here, uh, was in Dallas. When I was in Dallas, did not come to the conference and so forth. Month by month, cycle by cycle, made the free will decision to not seek the intercession of the mantle of the guru never called me once through all of his burdens. When I made the call for him after his passing, he was immediately cut free from both the marijuana entity and the suicide entity. Now, it's a very interesting thing, but I have my um, auto-reverse tape player in my bedroom and dressing area so that every moment I can be hearing Mark's dictations. So this morning, after having talked to her last evening, I punched the button, just took any, any cassette out of the album, punched the button, and the dictation is about people who commit suicide, which is the same teaching I comforted her with yesterday, but which is there in a greater detail than I had remembered. And it was saying that for the most part, uh, individuals who commit suicide are immediately uh, put back into embodiment and they must come into embodiment exactly at the point where they must face again what took them out of embodiment, which is the suicide entity, uh, drugs, and so forth. 
Now, if one does not pass that test in one lifetime, and one is taken out by it, and this individual didn't pass it in the last lifetime because that's the record of his past life, he also took his his life in the previous embodiment. He has come in, he had the opportunity of the path of the Ascended Masters, and he did not take it. We must pray fervently that he arrive in a home where parents are strong to give him a strong background from childhood. And this knowledge is important. Illumination is important. Facts are important. I have spoken with any number of people who have been on this path, who may not be serious students, maybe anywhere in the world, but they have told me, I can't tell you how many people have told me, that when suicide came to them as an option, they would not take that option because they knew the law that had been taught to them by Mark Prophet, which is, when you take your life, you are immediately put into the same situation all over again. So what has happened to you is you have lost time. You've lost the length of your lifetime you've now lived, from which you could go on, conquer it and go on. You have to grow up and, as Mark says, have the oatmeal drooling down your chin and go through the whole thing until you can come to that encounter. Plus, you have incurred the karma of another suicide. And this becomes a momentum then that you have to challenge. So Mark was also saying that except in the cases when such individuals have taken the life of others and done so many times. And he gave the example where certain fallen Atlanteans who committed suicide were kept out of embodiment for 2,000 years. And they had to wander on the astral plane until the desire for life and embodiment uh, became great in them. And they would cherish that life for themselves as well as for others. And then he said it was hoped that such individuals, when allowed to come into embodiment, uh, would so savor the sweetness of life that they would espouse the Ascended Master's cause and defend it. But alas, this has not been so, he said. That In fact, these people have once again uh, offended life, taken life, and denied the path of the Ascended Masters. So there is such recalcitrance in the human spirit, and it lodges in the dweller on the threshold. The dweller on the threshold is your carnal mind, the antithesis of yourself which you have created. It is a conglomerate of all of your deeds of unreality. It's a conglomerate of all of the lines of negative attributes on the cosmic clock. How then do we face that dweller? This is very apropos our studies. And thank you. By the way, we were having a bit of technical difficulty, I think. Hopefully you were able to hear that clearly. If not, uh, when the show is put into the archives, we'll probably have a clear uh, excerpt for you to listen to. Uh, very important information. Now, when we were um, queuing this up originally, we were talking about some of the warning signs. And I heard in that lecture excerpt a couple of different things. One was not asking for help uh, or, or not you know, going to a source that you know might be a, a good source, a positive source to kind of tip the balance in, in the proper direction. And, and the, also the teachings. Um, and the, the drug uses are very often a factor, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously. 
I think the big thing is um, it can be subtle or obvious, but there are warning signs and we all need to know them because anyone that we know might be affected by this, mm-hmm. including ourselves. Um, it's mostly gradual. It's sometimes sudden, but it usually involves a change in behavior. And if you pay attention, your higher self, your soul will clue you in and let you see it. So if you see these signs that I'm going to tell you about in yourself or another person, it's essential to seek help. So it's usually... Um, Things such as changes in sleeping patterns, sleeping a lot or not much, eating too much or too little, starting to act differently, a personality change, getting withdrawn, getting isolated, Mm -hmm. staying in your room, just not wanting to be with people, a lack of interest, loss of interest, stop taking care of yourself, your appearance changes, you don't look after yourself, maybe you don't wash, Um, maybe you'd stop looking after your pets or your environment, Um, a sense of depression or despondency. And, and those self-destructive habits that we talked about, drugs, alcohol, sleeping around, being out of character, even recklessness, you know, impulsive acting things out, um, emotional turmoil, feelings of hopelessness and guilt, um, maybe some rage, maybe talking about taking revenge or starting to say things like, you know, you'd be better off without me or, um, you know, visit. when you get into some of the other signs, these are a little bit more serious. They start to get really preoccupied with mm-hmm. death. Uh, they visit people or call to say goodbye. They start making arrangements, setting your fares in order, giving things away. Um, all of these things, talking about suicide, just having them talking about it is an indicator that you can't ignore. And there's some things that are like um, indicators for higher risk. You know, if you've had a previous suicide attempt or if there's poor family relationships or if there's um, a loss within the last few months, the last three to six months are associated with a higher risk. You know, maybe there's a divorce in the family or a death of a close friend or a family member or loss of a job. Any of those periods of loss mm-hmm. um, can indicate that somebody's, you know, in trouble. Okay. Well, and I, I imagine there's more to that list that we haven't covered yet. Let's kind of hold it for the moment. Mm-hmm. We'll take a quick break. We come back. Let's continue on this subject because I think this is the sort of thing that everybody needs to hear. Mm. So we'll take a short break. We'll be back in just a moment. Please stay with us. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free. No login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. 
they look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. And we are back once again. Thanks for staying with us. I'm Tom, he's Terry, and there's Peter and Nerly over there. And mm-hmm. we're talking about um, a very serious topic, which is suicide. And we can talk a lot about the magnitude of the problem, we can talk about the dimensions of it and what's going on in the world today. But just towards the end of the last segment, we were talking about the warning signs. And I think, if, if anything, there are probably two things we want to leave people with. One is to maybe have a greater sensitivity as to what to look for. Mm-hmm. And number two is how to protect, prevent, mm-hmm. you know, as much as you can so this doesn't occur. So let's go back to the warning signs again. And I know one of the questions of the break that I asked you was, um, are there some instances where you might not see the signs because they come on so suddenly? In this case, like a, a teenage suicide, the, the cluster suicides we talked about in the first segment. You know, then, then you mentioned that, well, maybe their signs were there, I just didn't notice them. So you've got to have a certain sensitivity to this. Yeah, I, I think one of the greatest um, keys that we can have moving forward is uh, the support of family, friends, and community, and just really caring for one another and just being aware. And I think, yeah, it can be sudden. Um, I think there's usually some signs ahead of time. Um, because there's a certain vulnerability, you know, in that person. It may be a sense of frustration and that allure of, you know, oh, I'm just going to make a quick decision and, you know, the seduction of it, it, yeah. is, it makes it seem like it's very um, exciting or thrilling or liberating or, you know, this is going to be great. And, and it really isn't. Um, I think another warning sign I wanted to talk about was the calm before the storm. And sometimes, you know, what happens is there's a period of loss you know, maybe a friend commits suicide and takes their life and, and you're in shock. And then after overcoming the initial shock, you're actually now able to put your own thoughts mm-hmm. into action. And I think that's when a few days later, the calm before the storm. And people may feel at peace once they've made a decision to commit suicide. They've made their plans and now that all they have to do is carry them out. And before they were really being goaded by these forces of darkness and they were very tormented because these forces were really pushing and working on them. But and, once and they and made they the decision... And they were still fighting it. At that sure, point. of course. But when they give up the fight, they surrendered to it. Then, yeah. you know... Then the, ent- the entity leaves them alone, doesn't it? Yeah, and they have the sort of peace because they've decided to do it. And, and so... If someone is looking like they're suicidal and then suddenly gets better, that's not a sign that you don't need to worry about anymore. Right. It's still, you know, you still need to see that they get the help they need. Well, and this is an obvious thing to say, but obviously we are not trained 
right. to intervene Absolutely. in this suicidal behavior. Yeah. What can we do? Um, you know, what's a good step to take if you notice somebody exhibiting these behaviors? You need to take them to somebody that can help them. You know, a professional counselor. Well, that presumes they want to. But if they don't, then you and and you really got signs. You know, like they're they're making plans. Uh, you need to. Um, get somebody you need to get an invention you know even if it's dial 911 or call the suicide hotline mm-hmm. or call suicide prevention you know there's, there's um, counseling centers suicide prevention centers mm-hmm. all over America yeah. and other countries too where you can get help and if you don't know what to do, what to, do to help someone talk to them they, they know exactly how to uh, how to help them well you know you were mentioning this Peter um, before the show started and this is a topic in an area of potentially a suicidal kind of behavior, which is risky behavior. Mm-hmm. These are the extreme sports, um, things that put your life on the edge uh, continuously, constantly. Um, how do you stop somebody from doing that if that's their, yeah. their passion? You know, they want to jump off cliffs on a, on a mountain bike or something. They, <laughs> what are you going to do? That's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, you know, uh, I think people do this because uh, it, it kind of gives them a sense of the adrenaline rush, gives them a sense yeah. of being alive and a meaning in life. And what's missing is some higher purpose or a meaning in life that's really positive in a positive direction. Well, and that's a great point. A lot of what we probably experience in this whole uh, suicide topic is that they don't have that focus. Yeah. They're not given that particular uh, armament. Yeah. So, you know, the next segment, the last segment, we'll talk a bit about that because I think that's one of the things right. that people need to know. Yeah. There's a lot more at stake than they might realize. Right. And yeah. mentors are key. Can I share a cute little story? Oh, of course. My, my mom, I'm just thinking about how the angels will prompt you. They'll tap you on the shoulder. You know, my mom prays and she believes in Archangel Michael. And I remember a number of years ago when I was a teenager, we had a neighbor whose husband had recently passed on and the neighbor was a bit frail. And, you know, mom used to kind of look out for her. And one morning, my mom woke up and could not get this neighbor off her mind. And it was in the middle of the night, and she just prayed about it. And then she thought, no, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to go over there. She goes next door just as this woman is about to put her head in the gas oven. And she was able to, you know, pull her back, comfort her. And, you know, she lived longer you know, after that. But it's a real sign that, you know, we need to watch out for each other. Uh, you know, my mom knew that this woman was, was kind of vulnerable. You know, she was at a mm-hmm. point where her husband had just died and she was already a bit depressed. And, you know, but her angels woke her up and said, you know, get over there. And so I think we've got to pay attention when something doesn't feel right. You know, I remember seeing a, a teenager one night and, you know, she was almost too happy. And I was going, what, what's going on with you? The next day she attempted suicide. Mm. And... um and, you know, we were able to help her, and she got her stomach pumped and all of that. And we did a lot of prayers for her, and she was never suicidal again. But, you know, there was, a, there was something there that just didn't feel mm. right, but, and I should have paid more attention and sat down and really talked to her. Well, and how many of us pay attention? Yeah. You know, I think that's one of those things where, well, I just leave all enough alone. I mean, I'm not going to Our lives there. are busy yeah. and all of that, but no, I should have seen to. that, but I didn't. And yeah. Well, that's what everybody asks when they, they look back and go, that was so sudden, you know. But look back and, and you, you'll, you'll, see probably, pattern. you'll probably see a few signs. And it's usually that quietness, it's the withdrawn, it's the... Is there a particular prayer, you know, we've mentioned this before, and again, in the next segment we'll go into the protection, you know, more completely, but 
is there something that can be said by a person who might have these tendencies or for by somebody for somebody who might have these tendencies? You know, we have a number of prayers in the book. Any prayer to Archangel Michael absolutely works. Now, the book, again, is Wanting, yes, to, wanting to Live. Wanting to Live, Overcoming the Seduction of yeah. Suicide. Um, but there's, like, why don't I just say this little prayer now? Sure. And I can say this for all of us, everybody who's listening. Archangel Michael, in the name of my higher self, I ask for the protection of my family and my friends this day. I pray for all of those who are feeling suicide, who need protection from feelings of despair and depression and anything that would make them want to take their life. If you know the names, name of the person, just mm-hmm. name them right there. I ask you to please protect them from the suicide entity and Nyla and the projection that death is the only way to solve their problems. And I ask your blue lightning angels to find the souls who are caught in the astral plane and take them to the right level of the heaven world for their forward evolution. I leave everything in your hands in keeping. Thank you for hearing my prayer according to God's holy will. I ask that this be done. Amen. And you could have that by your, your bedside. You could have it in, in uh, yeah. on your desk, wherever you wanted it. Your desk, yeah. That took about 30 seconds maybe to read. And, you know, there's another one that, you know, you can always stop no matter how busy you are. If you're suddenly aware of somebody pops into your mind and you think, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder what's going on with Send them. Send them an angel. Send them an angel. And you just say, Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. Mm-hmm. Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. Archangel Michael, help me, help me, help me. And help my friend who's burdened by depression this day and lift her up. According to God's holy will, let it be done. Amen. Five seconds. Wow. Lots of prayers in here. And, um... You know, even even any call to Archangel, Archangel Michael, and, and I think it's important. I was really prompted this morning when I woke up and thought about this show. We need to remind people that you don't take on these forces of darkness. I, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, yeah. You don't take them on. The mm. angels take them on. Yeah. Your job is to make the call, to say the prayer, to open your mouth, to speak the word. That's it. Well, and to take they them on, do that. Take them on by yourself is is kind of a prideful yeah. act too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, these entities are, are, they're ferocious. I mean, you just can't, that's a very good point. Yeah, you just oh, can't yeah. handle them. Well, were there any other um, warning signs that you wanted to include that we hadn't already covered? I know there are quite a few there. If you want to repeat some of them too, that's fine. Yeah, because I, th- I, think- I think changes in behavior, you know, sleeping, eating, acting differently, personality, withdrawing, loss of interest. And, and you, usually, you know, they can get into self-destructive habits and you may be aware of that. The hard thing is you're kind of living with it and you're not really seeing it in the day-to-day. Whereas somebody, you know, saw them three months ago, they go, whoa, wow, she's different today. You know, uh, this may be a, a pretty deep pond to dive into, but I know we did a show um, <laughs> uh, about a year or so ago on the Divine Mother. And one of the things that I remember very vividly from that show was that Hatred of the Divine Mother exhibits itself, among other ways, through suicide and also through addiction. That it could be a fast you know, attempt at suicide or it could be a slow one over the years. But it was one of those very interesting factors that if people understood that there is a force within and without that is, um, well, I, the, the, the Divine Mother is our refuge. Mm. And if we deny that refuge and instead we, you know, deny even the reality of that light within us, then we're really not armed. And we have nothing to, you know, kind of in our arsenal. We're alone. So I just thought about, I just mentioned that because I don't know if you had anything in the book or anything you wanted to include. Well, I think uh, the way that the force of darkness attacked the Divine Mother is through attacking her children, which is us, people in embodiment. So there is a very aggressive kind of anti-mother force in the world. 
And it does go after the, the children of the mother, you know, through drugs, through uh, you know, AIDS, through uh, suicide, and so on. Yeah. I think one of the one of the key things, which I think is, is often overlooked in the in the uh, all the debate about medical marijuana and so on, is how marijuana actually you know tends to take away the the purpose in life, the sense of of mission, of striving. So it really is a factor in suicide. I think it's a very important point to make. Mm. I mean, I think that we're we're dulling our senses, we're dulling our edges, yeah. and we're not doing ourselves any favors, even if we think we are. Yeah. It's a hard. It's a hard story to tell a lot of people because they don't want it. They want to hear oh, this is benign. There's nothing wrong with this. You know, it's easy, you know, all the things we've heard so many times. But in fact, it's insidious and deadly. You know what occurs to me is that a lot of times I think parents uh, are, are they don't feel like they have the ability to even be, be able to go into their teenager's room. You know, they they keep them out. They seal the door. One thing or another. I think a wise thing to do is to get a picture of Archangel Michael or a statue of Archangel Michael as a parent. And put it somewhere in the home, and make the, the make the calls on a daily basis. Beloved Archangel Michael, we call you into the presence of our home mm-hmm. for the protection of ourselves and our children, and and whatever else you inspired it's a, it's to. A, it's a very important call because there, there's so much uh, that's kind of you know after our children these days. Right. And suicide is just one of the uh, one of the symptoms, you know, of all of the things, you know, the internet, uh, pornography, uh, Even the, rock the music. drugs, the, the music, the very, very uh, negative um, music and, and rap music and so on. All of these things are a great burden on our youth. Yeah. They talk about it as slow motion suicide. It's just very slow. I mean, you look at some of the, the recent um, pop stars that have, you know, died of a, of a drug overdose, you know, right. and, the, and the whole scenario that led up to that. It's very slow, but it's a series of decisions and you can arrest at any time can stop at any time. Well, you know how they glamorize it, too. Yeah. I and mean, we talked earlier about the romanticizing of, mm. of death and suicide. There's yeah. something about it. That's part of the allure of the seduction is that, oh, you know, that person did that. Well, maybe it's not so bad. It's yeah. made to be exciting. Well, it's made to be acceptable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, it's amazing we've let it go that far. We've made all these things that you just mentioned, you know, the rock music, mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, uh, nicotine, everything. We've made it acceptable socially and otherwise. Entertainment, I mean, golly, I mean, we, like you said, there's a lot burdening the, the, our minds, our hearts, not to mention our youth. So anyway, let's take a break. Um, and uh, we'll be back in about two minutes. We'll finish up this discussion on suicide. And during the course of the next segment, we'll also give you a link to a free download of Wanting to Live by Nerly Duffy and Marilyn Barrick. Please stay with us. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep personal connection to the Masters of Light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. 
For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Very much for staying with us. We're, we're wading through some pretty dense territory today. We realize that. Uh, we're talking about life, light, and also suicide. And how pervasive it is and how pernicious it is. And one of the questions that comes up again and again, and we should ask this now, is what happens when we die? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what you'd like to have happen is what the near-death experience people tell you is you go through this wonderful tunnel of light, you meet angels and beings of light, and you experience part of the heaven world. And there's people who have come back that witness that, that tell us. And so that's what we want for for all of our loved ones. Interesting story. Um, People who have had a near-death experience due to attempted suicide, which means they attempted suicide, but they came back. Mm -hmm. They have a very different story to tell. They said that they didn't find themselves in a place of light. They found themselves in a place of darkness with other souls who had also um, either committed or attempted suicide. Mm. And so the ones who got to heaven were really the lucky ones. Unfortunately, many suicides spend time in the lower levels of what we call the astral plane, mm-hmm. which is not the heaven world. It's the other other end of the spectrum. The other place. The, the other place. You know, Catholics <laughs> yeah. call it purgatory. Buddhists call it bardo. Protestants don't believe it in it at all. But um, <laughs> people have lived to talk about it, and they said, oh, my God. This was so sobering. They didn't go to a place of light and comfort. They were temporarily located in a darker place so they could quickly learn the lessons of rejecting the gift of life. And then they were very acutely aware of the pain they caused to themselves and to others and the problems that would ensue. And then they were brought right back. They had to go right back. So no matter how bad things were in their life, what they found out, they ended up in a place where it was worse. It was worse. And they really regretted the decision they'd made. And by God's grace, they had the memory to bring this back. And they they shared it. And they had to go through the same things that caused them to take their their lives. And they said without the numbing effects of the drugs or alcohol that, you know, might have been the means of their death or contributed to their death, they're now forced directly to deal with their feelings and issues, the very things they hope to escape. And instead of finding relief, they said, oh, my God, you know, I didn't leave anything behind. If anything, it's worse. You know, don't do it. And I've I've known so many people that, that came back and said, you know, don't do it. So, I mean, I think this is, if we could get this message across, it's a game changer. I agree. You don't go where you think you're going to go. You actually have to come right back. And it's getting harder to find people through whom to come back because of abortion in these Well, days. and you know, let's repeat this point. Those who die of natural causes or go through this process of transition in a more or less yeah. natural way are more likely to encounter the light. Right. Those that preempt that process and take right. their own lives or attempt to don't go at, at all where they think they're going to go. There's no light at the end of that tunnel. It's darkness. No, and, you, and you, what wow. you've got to do is, that's why the prayers for the dead are so important. Uh-huh. The prayers for people who've passed on. No matter if, you know, your mom's a saint, pray for her to go to the right levels of yeah. the etheric, you know, the temples of light. Mm-hmm. And pray for anybody who's, you know, depressed or suicidal or whatever, that they don't have to go through this because it's tragic. 
And, yeah. and if a soul uh, passes normally uh, and, and has to reincarnate, then they go before uh, the, the, the karmic board, board. And, and they're able to participate in the, cho- in the choices of who their parents are going to be and what their situation is going to be. But that's not the case with the suicide. You they, may have to go back to, you know, where, wherever you can get a body in which to, you know. Yeah. Well, I think that what Mrs. Prophet said was you go back more or less to the same exact spot you left. Yeah. yeah so I'm not sure it's immediate. But. Yeah, and you have to face, usually very quickly, and you have to come to a situation where you face the same um, challenges again and overcome them. You know, we've talked in the past about how many opportunities we actually get. I don't think it's limitless. No. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that it sounds to me like you come back a couple of times, maybe, to try to get it right, but that's not get-out-of-jail-free card. Well, you have people that, that you know, remember I'm this. A question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know somebody, you know, this teenager that I talked about that attempted suicide the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, fortunately, she called a nurse who was a friend, and we, we ministered to her, and we got to the hospital, and everything was okay. And I said to her, what was going on? And she said, well, I just never thought I'd live beyond 14. I've just... I've always checked out. Oh. She had the sense that when things got tough in her lifetime, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, she would just check out mm-hmm. and, you know, attempt suicide or, or commit suicide. And, you know, I, I explained to I mean, she was one of the main reasons I wrote the book, uh-huh. you know, and, and I explained to her what happens. You know, I get it. She said, I get it. She's, you know, gone on to have a great career and she's never been, by the grace of God, suicidal since then. But, you know, it does make you realize that these things come back, and that was her test, and she had to finally pass it. She you know, did pass it, but, you know, it was a bit it was touch w- and go. Touch and go. Well, you know, as we're talking more about the contents of the book, uh, again, the title is Wanting to Live, Overcoming the Seduction of Suicide. And I'd like to give you that link now. We'll do it one more time before the show is over today. Uh, TSL.org slash wanting to live. And if you click that link, you'll come to a document which you can download for free. So you can read this book, but get it into your library right now because it is very handy as a reference and it covers the ground that we've already covered today. And of course, a lot more than that, but the warning signs in particular, a lot of anecdotes about what uh, people have experienced so that you can kind of get a, a sense of their, their personal journey, if you will, spiritually and otherwise. And I'm sure many other things, too, up to and including um, some sample um, decrees. Yes. Things yeah, you can do. Spiritual tools. Yeah. So, listen, yeah. we've got a few minutes. Why don't we talk about those a little bit, the spiritual tools? Yeah. One of them is, is the violet flame. We have a whole chapter on the violet flame because, you know, if you're coming up against a record, which means a karmic record in past lives you may have taken your life, you know, you may not feel like it now, but that may be a record that comes up for you. You can put the violet flame into that and dissolve that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's many episodes in, in the history of the planet where people, you know, committed suicide and they thought it was honorable and it was a culturally acceptable thing and so forth. So the violet flame is really important because it goes back into the records. Now, that's interesting because I, I know, that, as you mentioned, this, there are cultures that do honor that they even use the concept of honor for Hadikiri. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's some other ritual suicides, even going back to Socrates taking the hemlock as a, a way of mm-hmm. not having to compromise mm-hmm. his honor or whatever it was that he was asked to choose between or among. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, you know, that it you know, goes back a long ways, that there have been all kinds of artful designs on how we can make this all acceptable and yeah. cool or mm-hmm. honorable, yeah. whatever. Definitely. You were going to say something. I think I was stepping on your lines. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of the tools, 
obviously the violet flame is a high frequency spiritual energy. The tool through which we de- deliver that, focus it, is the decree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the book, of course, there are many decrees you can choose from. Um, but again, just, you know, you've heard us talk about decrees many times. This is a very powerful form of vocal prayer, which focuses the energy through the throat chakra, focusing on whatever you want as specifically as possible to, ob- uh, to obtain a desired result. Yeah. And you can do decrees for yourself. Enlightened self-interest is okay. And you can do them for your friends, your family, your loved ones, those in the world that you may not know personally, but have just gone through a trauma like the ones we've seen in some of these terror attacks. You can make calls for those souls to be delivered to the place where they can get, gain some mm-hmm. you know, new understanding, perhaps, whatever, including those who commit the act. Yeah. And if you know people who, who you see these warning signs in or are dealing with suicide, then you can definitely you know, make these calls, do these decrees, send Archangel Michael and the Blue Lightning Angels mm-hmm. to help them to cut them free. As we heard in that um, excerpt, yeah, Archangel Michael can cut them free from these entities, and and so they can make a decision based on their own higher mind and and what is real, rather than under the influence, the very aggressive influence of the entities. Yeah, and I want to remind people too. We talked about this earlier that you may be in a position to intervene. Yeah, you see yeah. the warning signs, right. and you want to help this person. There are all kinds of resources out there that people can tune into, the, the suicide hotlines, there's websites, there's all kinds of things you can probably find that will help you along the way. But if you know a counselor, call him or her. They have the resources. I'm sure we give you a list right now, but it would be very, very, you know, it'd be a I think the big thing is to get involved in the, in the lives of young people and, and to pray for them, to pray for them, teach them mantras, teach them decrees. There's a great little prayer in here called Protect Our Youth. I mean, we can't pray enough for the future of our young people. They're, they're confused. They're angry. They feel hopeless. Uh, they don't have clear values. And, and this yeah. really shouldn't be. And we can all help with this. And a lot of their friends aren't here through abortion. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the and, reasons. And we say all the time, you know, awaken to the light within. Mm. You brought it up, Peter, that this is one of the things that they need more information about the light that they have within them this divinity would prevent them if they knew it from aborting yeah. that opportunity to ascend essentially and eventually so anyway we are at time. out of time again <laughs> it just flies by tsl.org slash wanting to live okay mm-hmm. I want to thank Peter and Nearly Duffy for joining us today Pleasure. I think thank we you. just scratched the surface I have yeah, a hunch this is part one mm-hmm. <laughs> so be looking for part two maybe, maybe part three down the road and uh what can they do if they want to let us know how they like the show? Well, they can, <laughs> they can contact, contact us through webradio uh-huh. at tsl.org. Okay. Webradio at tsl.org. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Excuse me. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll love to hear from you. We'll give you a personal response. Yes, we will. And though the upward path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards are out, out of, of this, this world. world. Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.